Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new beverage. beverage. You guys, we're, we're not drinking wine no. every week. We no. had to let that one go. But we've gotten some emails. Oh, I know. That were like, you know what? Like, I don't drink wine, but like you could try cocktails or like other things. I was like, okay, everybody's on board. Yes, uh, we are definitely on board. And this week we are talking your hired how to land your dream job with career coach and author Alexa Schoen. We're going to be talking to Alexa about her nine-step process for landing your dream job, common job hunting mistakes, and how to make a big career change, which I feel like a lot of people are really scared to do. And I also think, would this economy? It's real tough. It's, yeah. It's real tough. I know. It's a real scary place to be in the job market. Especially when you're young, like right out of college. Right out of college. But even I mean, any time, honestly. Even our age, it's like, it's scary out here. Also, you guys, don't forget, you can always write in an episode suggestion at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com. And we are bringing back solicited advice. Yes. So if you have something going on in your personal or professional life, you can email us at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com and we will give you our advice right here on the podcast. And at the end of the episode, we are playing unpopular opinion so tune in and see if you guys agree with us i was thinking of mine on the way over and i was like risk risky maybe something spicy i don't know okay now what are we drinking okay i'm very excited because it's not wine we did a year of wine or no No, two years of wine two years of wine every week you guys it it took a toll Okay. Ooh, okay. So we went to Bristol Farms, we being me. And um, Bristol Farms is like kind of, it's like fancy. It's a fancy grocery market place. Yeah. So this is like some sort of. I don't even know what this is. It's a Seoul, like as in in South Korea. Yes. Seoul juice, Korean pear juice beverage. Ooh. Is it sparkling? No. No. It has over 400 milligrams. Milligrams? Of potassium. Oh, that's good. Electrolytes. Oh, it says it tastes like a less sugary apple juice, says an Amazon customer review. Oh, okay. <laughs> good old Amazon customer reviews. That could be literally anyone. <laughs> it's not even their name. It literally says, it says Amazon, Amazon customer. customer review. Made with only three ingredients. Okay. Okay, let's see. Oh, I can't open my... I don't have grip strength. Oh, hmm. we'll discuss at the end. Okay, we're going to rate it at the end, you guys, and let you know how we, how this Korean pear juice. Yeah, never had entertains our palate quite like it. Mm-mm. But not you had a you had a bit of a stressful way oh over here. Oh my god! Yes. Okay, people, if you're listening, pay attention on the road. And this man, I was at a four way stop. I was actually thinking about this yesterday because mm-hmm. I was going through a four way stop that was only had two stop signs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this could get really risky if somebody... Right, if there's two and then, yeah. And there's and not... About. So I was like, man, that could be really risky. And then I was coming over here and I was at a four-way stop with four signs. And this dude, like I had stopped and then I had started going again. He just ran straight through the stop sign. And almost like and T-boned almost somebody else. Like, well, I thought he was going to T-bone me. And then he like kind of swerved. 
out around the front of me. And then there was somebody at the other side of the stop that he then like almost head on hit. It's weird because I also saw a car accident this morning. Oh, my God. Isn't that weird? Was it what happened? Was it like a fender bender or was it like a? No, it wasn't bad because it was in a residential area. But the guy's airbags went off. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. I felt really bad for him. They're so loud. Yeah, it was on my morning walk. But everyone was fine. Stay stay safe out there, you guys. People are being crazy. People are being very crazy. <sighs> okay. Should we get into let's let's bring Alexa on. I feel like she's gonna have great energy. Yes. And we, we need a we need an energy. I need a good energy. Wait, but I want to give her a little intro first in case people don't know, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. who we're talking Let, about let's here. Intro her. But you might know her actually from Tiki Talkie. From that TikTok. From that TikTok. She is a career guide and she talks to her 210,000 plus plus followers about how to navigate life and work after, you know. You're done with school. Mm-hmm. You're in a new area of your life. She's the author of Hashtag Entry Level Boss, How to Get Any Job You Want, which is one of the best-selling career books of the new economy. Ooh. And her advice seems to work magic, according to the book's cult-like following of happily employed readers. Mm. We love we love a magic moment. Oh, my God. She's worked as a global technology leader at both Meta and TikTok, and she's now documenting her first ever sabbatical in her new Substack, which is titled Selfish and Thoughtful. Alexa has been featured in Forbes, The Economist, Wall Street Journal, KTLA, Harper's Bazaar, Stylist, and more. And am I doing this right? And am I doing this right? <laughs> Pod at gmail.com. Let's uh, uh, bring her on. Let's bring on Alexa. Hello, Alexa. Hey, Alexa. Hey, hey. What's up, squad? How are we living? <sighs> Natalie had a rough, uh, I had a rough, a rough morning. go this morning. Not going to lie. Yeah. But, you know. Hey, Our listeners have already heard, yeah, heard the story. We did the whole but... spiel. But we're good now. We're here. And we <laughs> okay, are good. living. We, we all have to recenter ourselves on a yes. Friday. It happens sometimes. Yes. No problems. So are you on your way to Costa Rica yet? Or what's the plan? I am. There's a little part of me that feels deeply cliche for being like, I'm a 33-year-old millennial woman who's going to go full eat, pray, love on my life. But that's where we're at right now. So There's no judgment. No. There's only inspiration. (laughs) I'm like, I want to get to that place where I'm like, I can take time off and like just focus on myself as a person. (laughs) I'm really excited about it. I... Well, my mother gave me a talking to earlier this week because I updated my Instagram bio to say that I was a has-been career coach who quit everything to go on sabbatical. And she's like, you're not a has-been, Alexa. And I was like, but it's funny to say. (laughs) You're like, I'm here for the humor. No, I know when we were introing you, I'm like, we said, you know, you're a career coach. But then I'm like, well... Not right, not right now, but maybe again, or who knows what you'll find during this this time. One of my very lovely followers pointed out to me. They go, "Actually, you're such a good career coach that you career coached yourself out of everything that you were doing and into this next chapter of your life." And I was like, "Hell yeah, yeah, let's go that way." Sure, that is it. Yeah, I love the reframe. But okay, so I do want to talk about your times before you were a has-been career coach. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm ready. Um, and, and you have this book, which is, it is hashtag entry-level boss, right? It is. Okay. It is indeed. Okay. okay. Just wanted to make sure. So you, you wrote a book, obviously, and then you were giving 
career advice on TikTok. What inspired you to write the book? And then how did you get into, how do you even get into the career advice space? Yeah. I became a career coach when I was 25 years old, which is bold, actually, and gets older <laughs> every year that I get older. I'm like, good, good on you. You're wild. So the book is called Hashtag Entry-Level Boss, How to Get Any Job You Want. And it is a, a summary of what started as a newsletter that I started when I was 25 years old, because the way that I always explain it is I got a bachelor's in English, you know, went to Notre Dame, did the right thing, and then immediately went to go get my version of a gap year master's. Stick with me. I got really, really drunk with my mom at this <laughs> concert, and I decided that I really wanted to, like, pursue music. And so long story short, that translated into me immediately getting a master's in jazz vocal performance because oh it was too God. crazy, right, to, like, just become a musician. I needed to get an education or whatever. And I also really wanted to live in Europe because I was going through my, like, expat phase. Mm -hmm. So went to England to get my master's in jazz vocal performance. And that meant that I wound up starting my career back in California a year and a half after all my friends did, right? You know, it's oh, so, yeah. uh, I think, a little bit less scary when you graduate at 22 and everyone's going through it together. But all my friends had already gone through that horrible situation. And they were like, you'll get used to it, whatever, eight hours a day, just turn your brain off, breathe through it, you'll be fine, drink beer on the weekends. And I just couldn't understand why I felt so horrible and so confused. And then I finally realized that we were all taught, follow your dreams, right? Like children of the 90s, that's what we are, right? Yeah. Like, follow your dreams. It's going to be great. Don't even worry about it. You're special and beautiful and super <laughs> smart and you can be anything you want. But like, it didn't really get any more specific than that. Like it was, that was pretty much it. And then trying to, you know, desperately find career advice on Google or whatever, I always joke and say that all of the career advice that I found assumed that I could get an interview. It was explaining to right. me like, you know, here's how to nail it in the interview. And I was like, this is bold that you think that anyone is even answering my email. Right, right. And so I became obsessed with this exact uh, kind of period in the job search, which is, okay, you kind of maybe sort of have figured out what you want to do, or you're not sure, but you have to get a job anyways. How do you get anyone to notice you, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The job search is notoriously, horrifically complicated. But on top of that, it's it's really shameful and embarrassing. Like pretty much explicitly every single person that I've ever met thinks they are uniquely the only one who's screwing up their career, right? And we, we all know these people and we all know people who from the outside look like the coolest thing in the world, right? Maybe they even are famous or have a bunch of money or work at some big brand name company. And even those people are like, I mean, I don't know, probably if I left Google, I could probably never find another job. And I'm like, wow, like we all are really, really screwed up on this. And so I just got obsessed with how do you even navigate that process and what sort of curriculum could I create that would help people know what to do next? Because yeah. when you get really are stressed out and ashamed and triggered, then all of a sudden everything is coming from a place of panic, right? This is true of every single situation in the world, but especially true when you're running out of money and, and are not sure how you're going to pay your bills at the end of the month. And so I became very, very focused, and this is what Entry Level Boss wound up being, is how could I create a, a nine-step curriculum that makes sense to us the same way that, you know, college did, right? Because this sort of going through, I like to call it like 
career puberty, basically, when you're graduating from college and then all of a sudden you're in the real world, no one has any advice for you because they forget that you don't know how to talk and act like what they think a grown-up should act like yet. Yeah. Well, because I feel like we're not really grown-ups. I still don't that. feel like, like a grown-up. Like at 22. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. I just feel like I look back at myself at that age and I was like, I thought I had it all figured out and like oh, yeah. I didn't. Or maybe I wanted to believe I had it all figured out and you just don't. You're so lost. You're a flailing baby. And I think well, it's so great that you came up with this process for people. Well, and then when you were saying how when you were 25, like the older you get, the more you're like, oh my God. When <laughs> I look back, I'm like, oh my God. I was a young child <laughs> at like 20, 26. I'm like, oh my God. Um, yes. <laughs> but okay, so you were talking about these, you have a nine-step curriculum. Can mm. you sort of very briefly kind of run down what these nine steps steps are? Entail? Yeah, sure. Also, how did uh, you discover these nine steps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I discovered them in the genius that is my own brain. No. Basically, somebody told me once that when you write a book, if either of you ever plan on writing a book, you can think about this. They said, oh, I trust anyone who's ever written a book because they really, really had to think through everything in order to write it down. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a weird way to phrase it. But the nine-step curriculum existed before I wrote the book. But once you're sitting there staring at it every day, things become so much sharper when you have to put it down into manual form, like textbook form, right? So I think it really crisped up, I guess, after the the book was published. But it, it pretty much goes in three parts. And this was sort of, my goal was to articulate all the things that Certain people learn around the dinner table because they're lucky and have smart, Mm -hmm. business-minded parents. I wanted to articulate things that especially certain wealthy white people learn around the business table because so much of what we call business culture and business speak is actually just the way that rich white people speak to each other, right? So how do you codify that for people? And I joked with my publisher at some point, I said another name for this book could be How Rich People Get Jobs Mm -hmm. uh, because going through and explaining the way that people work and connect and network and, oh gosh, I got to introduce you to my buddy. and uh, So I wanted to explain all of that background context. And I do in the book and sort of demystify various different things before I then dig into the actual actual curriculum. But really what I, I break down for people is, I always joke and say there's two reasons that people get hired. There's only two reasons that people get hired. And neither one of them is the fact that you have a degree. The only two reasons are because you either know how to save somebody some time or make somebody some money. That's it. That's all business is, mm. right? Like at the end of the day, that's, that's literally all it yeah. is. And, and someone's salary is just a line on a profit and loss sheet in some business somewhere in the world. And so getting people to think that way and say, okay, this is just a business transaction, right? I am going to give you basically a pre-signed agreement for 40 hours in my work week. And in exchange, you're going to give me 80 grand a year or something, right? And so how do you actually then accomplish that? Uh, My nine-step process goes in, in three different parts, which is part one is you actually have to decide what kind of job you want to get hired for, which seems obvious, but most of us skip right over this and just start like panic sending our resume up and down LinkedIn all day long. You can doom scroll LinkedIn, I think better than you can even doom scroll Instagram or Twitter at this point. You're just like, yeah, cool. Like, let me just like apply to every single thing I can find. So you have to actually decide what kind of job you want. 
and then identify which companies can hire you. I call this the target employer list. And I think of it as very, very similar to the way that in the States we're all taught to approach college admissions, right? Which is you have your safety schools yeah. and you have mm-hmm. your reach That's, schools yeah. and you have your like, okay, I'm probably going to get into these. And every high school career college counselor, whatever, has you make a list of 15 places and you can name their mascot and their school colors and you know how big the campus is. And yet we're totally fine sending out resumes on LinkedIn and it's like, you don't even remember the name of the company, but <laughs> right. apparently you're going to work there 40 hours a week, right? So if we actually, you know, do that research, and it's like, okay, like now we're going to try to figure out how to get into these places. I don't give a shit if there's a career page that says there's a, a job opening or not, right? Because then part three is we network till we get work. So how ah, do you then network your way into these companies that you've said that you want to work for based on the kind of job you're trying to get? Wow. Okay, wait, I want to I want to stop you there because you brought up LinkedIn and like doom scrolling it. And I feel like a lot yeah. of people look for jobs, obviously on LinkedIn and then ZipRecruiter and all of that. Is there unexpected places that you can find work or find a job or are there places In that the people maybe aren't Lord. looking? 2022. Yeah, I, I, I think that everyone uses LinkedIn as a place to find jobs. But there have been several, several, several studies that have been done, and I go through a couple of them in the book, showing that the vast majority of jobs come to you through something called weak ties. There was a psychologist at Stanford who did this study ages ago, and all of the major changes that take place in your life, person you're going to wind up marrying, the job you're going to get, somebody selling their house to you, it's always a friend of a friend. And they've done this study oh, repeatedly weird. over and over and yeah. over. Because like, like if, yeah. if your best friends could help you, they would, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you don't know everyone that Natalie knows. Natalie, you don't know everyone that Corinne knows. And so if you can communicate to each other and say, okay, here's what I'm looking for, then one of you can say, oh, I know somebody that you should go and meet, right? Yeah. But that's really scary to do, number one, because it's scary to articulate what it is that we want. And also you think that you're bothering your friend or, you know, you don't want to be a burden. And this is obviously especially true with with women and underrepresented, underestimated minorities. And so if you can get yourself to that place where you're going to be brave and put yourself out there, that's always going to be the best way to move forward. And a lot of times that's going to come in in surprising shapes and sizes. I'm not going to tell everybody, oh my gosh, actually you should just be like DMing strangers on Instagram. (laughs) But if you're going into the fashion industry or if you're going into, you know, beauty, or if you want to work as a video producer for your favorite YouTuber, like Instagram is probably a way better use of your time than scrolling up and down LinkedIn, right? But we're all kind of taught that like, anything professional is happening on LinkedIn. And then where do all of us spend all of our time like on Instagram and TikTok? Like, right. it, it's like we kind of separate somehow and we're like, oh, surely all the grownups are what? No, all the grownups are like millennials are what, like 43 years old? Like oh, we're, we're all in the same place, like hanging out on the same social media sites. And we're pretty accessible if you pause to realize that anyone who's ever going to hire you is also like, just a person. Yeah. Right. I think that is so profound because I'm I'm thinking about my own life. My relationship is a friend of a friend. Right. Some of the biggest like opportunities I've had were because of somebody who knew somebody who then knew me. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like I never thought about 
that 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 is a huge huge I was going through my head too I'm like even in my job I'm like oh this person knew that person and they they told me about this person you know yeah I've never been on LinkedIn I think I have a LinkedIn yeah we're both creative (laughs) so like we're not as familiar with the whole uh I did have a corporate job for about six months but that was about it yeah it's tough it's (laughs) tough but let's say okay so somebody what was this called it's called weak link Weak, weak ties. Weak, weak tie. theory of weak ties. Okay, interesting. So let's say either via weak tie or LinkedIn or something, somebody gets an interview somewhere. Mm-hmm. Are there some like common mistakes that you see people make maybe through when you were coaching people in the interview phase? People are obsessed with how others are going to perceive their own backstory And in the professional world, nobody really gives a shit. And what I mean about that is constantly I get DMs or whatever that are like, okay, like, do you think that I should like phrase it like this in my cover letter? And here's these, you know, and I worked here for six months, but then I was off for three months. And how should I explain it? How should I explain it? How should I explain it? And it's just a value exchange, which is such a like, you know, corporate buzzwordy term. But back to my concept of you're either going to help somebody save some time or make some money. This is true in, in anything. I don't get entertainment, jewelry, like it's a true in everything. So how are you going to do that? That should be the core focus of how you articulate everything, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, the most obvious mistake that every single one of us has made is when people say, okay, tell me about yourself, right? Scariest question in the world. (laughs) We all are determined to like start at the beginning. Like we want to tell like a chronological story. It's human nature, right? It doesn't matter. If you went to college 10 years ago, I don't care what your degree was in really, Right. right? It's almost like you want to tell it in reverse and be like, okay, you know, hi, my name's Corinne. Like, I'm currently the host of a podcast with 150,000 downloads. Like, and then you can kind of pick out things from your past, but starting from the place of like, here is everything I have to offer you Mm. in present day, you have to uh, figure out how to re-articulate your backstory. Mm. And I think that it just takes practice because I always say your resume is just a story that you're telling yourself, right? Like (laughs) we all unpack this in therapy, right? Like the past (laughs) is just a story you tell yourself. But the same thing is true of your resume, right? Like you are treating it like it's some professional historical document or police report or something of here's everything that I did, but you're in charge of how you're explaining all of that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, the dates are the dates, but like you're in charge. And so how do you do that in a way that, shows that you're going to provide value instead of obsessing over, you know, whether or not it makes you look good or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My mom always said, which if I say it out loud now, maybe it sounds bad, but (laughs) no one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. Oh, my mom says the same thing. You know what I mean? And not in a bad way. Um, But, (laughs) but, but yeah, it's like, you're thinking that they, they want to know, should I say that I had three months off and blah, blah, blah. It's like, they don't care. They, how are you going to help me? It's right? kind of like yeah. when you're like talking to somebody, like you're texting and all your friends are like, okay, no, don't say this. Like say, instead of saying, yeah, say yes. Yeah. And then say, you know, and it's like, it's the exact same message. And like the dude's going to get it and be Completely. like, cool. Like, I know it, it like, it rocked my mind. God bless our securely attached friends. It like rocked my mind once when I was like, you know, going to send the like five paragraph essay to some dude or whatever. And my friend reads it and she goes, 
what is the correct like outcome? What are, what are you hoping that this person does when they receive this message? And I was like, whoa, mind blown. And, and it's, I make so many like bad jokes about dating and, and career stuff because they are like so similar in so many ways. And it's just like, yeah, like the only point of a cover letter, or DM, whatever, like you're just trying to get somebody to text you back. Like yeah. that, that's it. <laughs> you don't, they don't need your life story. They don't need to know that you're a Scorpio yeah. yet. Like baby steps. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> My deepest trauma is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when we were looking at your TikTok, which is just amazing, by the way, you have an amazing TikTok. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes, you do. Yes. And so as a creative, like you were saying, Natalie and I, we don't have a ton of experience on LinkedIn. <laughs> And so I feel like as a creative, you often have to have, this is something you were addressing in your TikTok, you have to have experience to land the job that you want, but sometimes you don't get the opportunity to build the experience. Mm -hmm. Then you're, you're never able to even apply or you think you can't even apply for the job that you want. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, how can creative people like Natalie and I pitch ourselves for roles maybe we haven't professionally had yet? Like, how do you... Mm -hmm. How do you step outside mm-hmm. of your comfort zone and also just feel confident enough to be like, yeah, I can do this. I haven't done it before, but I could. Because some things even yeah. say like, you need to have 10 years of experience. In, yeah. like, And it's like, okay, so when I was nine, like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what you're referring to is I've made a couple of videos on LinkedIn about what I call the the spiral of doom, which is <laughs> that. Trap, yes, that sounds about right. Caught in. <laughs> trying to get caught in, which is like, oh, well, you know, Alexa, like, it's not fair. Like, I don't have any experience. No one's going to hire me. But then like, I need someone to hire me so that I can get experience, but no one is going to like hire and I need the experience. And you just kind of go around and around and get trapped in a circle, right? Like over and over and over. And I'm so fascinated by how much the world has really changed if we like pause and think about it. And so this sort of 90s era culture that we grew up in of like, oh, follow your dreams, work hard, you know, make sure you go to college, college, college. And uh, what was still true at that time was that education was something that other people had to give you permission to do, right? Like they have to let you into university. You have to be admitted one of these places and then you will have the degree and then you can sort of trade that degree in for being on the partner track or whatever. You can learn pretty much anything you want on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram now, right? Yeah. Or at your local mm-hmm. library or whatever. And as a privileged white person, I'm never, ever, ever going to tell anyone not to go to college because that is so not my place to do yet. And I don't think that we're at that place yet. And so many industries still really, really value a college education. But what's interesting is now you've got a bunch of people who have college degrees or have masters or whatever, and they're like, well, you know, I got educated, but I don't have any experience, you know, so what the heck? That's where I need you to put your problem-solving college-educated <laughs> thinking cap on <laughs> and be like, oh, okay, how do I solve this problem, right? And the problem is how do I show, not tell? How do I demonstrate that I could do this? And that is where, especially as creative people, it's like, come on now, like, you know, expand your mind, figure out any outside of the box, cool way that you can try to show and demonstrate that you can do the thing. And this is where it gets really, really tricky, I think, because you don't want to be exploited and be working for free or working for exposure and, and people can get trapped in that. But the concept of spec work, speculative work mm-hmm. in creative industries has been true since the beginning of time, right? Was it 
Issa Rae, I think, like made a full YouTube series, right? Like so, so many people had entire series on YouTube before they got their HBO deal that anyone could do. You, all three of us could like sit down today and be like, cool. Now, now we host a YouTube show and we kind of joke and say, ah, but like you could, right? Anyone yeah. today could create a TikTok that then goes viral or put out a bunch of designs for a new fashion line or, or whatever. And so that is the, I think, kind of key is just focusing back in on like, how do you demonstrate it in a way where people are going to believe you? Right. Yeah. And like, who cares if anyone hired you for that job? It's that you're, yeah. you've already done the work. Yes. Yeah. I, I always say I'm like, it's, it's nobody's business whether or not you get paid to do this thing. And I find that people really, really get stuck on the concept of official experience, mm-hmm. which is like, well, if it wasn't a full-time internship, then it doesn't count. Or like if I wasn't getting paid for it, then it doesn't count. Or, you know, if it was a volunteer thing that doesn't count, I'm like, well, who's counting what? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right. Like there's no like resume police that's going to like parachute down and be like, ma'am, we're taking you to what? Cover letter prison? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm an exec at a production company and we have this TV show written by this brilliant writer. But when we met her, she was an assistant at Netflix. She had never had any professional writing gigs. She was literally getting people coffee. And the work that she submitted to us was so good that we believed in her. It wasn't, we didn't care that she had never sold a script before, that she had never worked in a writer's room, that she didn't have any, literally no experience. And then over this year of developing the script with her, she's already, now she is a full-time writer and now she has all that experience. But we didn't care that she had, that she was literally getting people coffee at all. She was, we were having Zooms with her on her lunch break at Netflix, like, hey guys. uh." That's awesome. Yeah. And so (laughs) you think about her and now we're pitching her show to like, to Netflix. It's just yeah. very meta. <laughs> yeah. Well, and everybody has to start somewhere. You know, yeah. when you look, it's yeah. like everyone started somewhere. I'm just thinking about your TikToks. There was one, and I think it would be very surprising for our listeners to hear, where you said that if you're not careful, you can actively create a career that you hate. So can mm-hmm. you elaborate on that a little bit and then maybe guide people on how they can create a career that they love? Or realize they hate uh, their career. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be like, yeah, or, or, even, or even notice, yeah. notice that you've hated a career that you, or built a career that you hate. So this was advice that was given to me a few months into the pandemic. And at the time I was running Entry Level Boss as an education company full time. My, my book had just come out. It came out May 2020, which was rough. We can't do a book tour. We can't really do in-person events. Or, oh, like, I guess... You know, we could help all these universities that need help with their career centers. And uh, I don't ever recommend trying to sell to universities and academic institutions. They're, they're not my favorite colleagues that I've ever had. But I was so focused on like, okay, what does the company need to do to survive that I wasn't pausing to think about whether or not I actually wanted to run this business. And I was working with a, a really smart woman at the time who made us sort of pause and do the whole vision board. What what does this company look like five years from now, right? Like if this company is successful 10 years from now, not even how much money is it making, but like, what what is that? What does that look like? What's going on? And I was kind of starting to write it out. And she was like, you don't seem to be anywhere in this company. And I was like, 
yeah, I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like you're that actually right. <laughs> and that was when she sat back and she said, you're the CEO and founder of Entry Level Boss, the education company. Are you building a company that you hate? Like, is that what's <sighs> happening right now? And I was like, shit. I say in the book that like the easiest way to get yourself in career trouble is to follow well-intentioned advice, right? Because everybody is going to give you advice based on what they sort of haphazardly maybe think that you should do. The, the examples I give in the book right, are like, you know, your manager's going on maternity leave and so she wants you to take over her job. And then, you know, your mom always said that you should get an MBA. So you go and do that. And you, your dad suggested that you go in this direction and you're trying to follow good advice and follow smart advice. None of it's bad. It's just that none of it is anything that you've necessarily had a strong opinion about yourself. Mm, yeah. And I think so many of us, you know, are jealous of people who knew from the age of 15 that they wanted to go to USC and study film and like, and that was it. And that was all they were going to do in their life. Like, I'm jealous of those people, like in my high school class, I'm like, shit, how did you know you want to go to Tish at like 16? This sucks. And now they've gone off and, and done wonderful things. But the vast majority of us are kind of trying to like, I don't know, wade through muddy waters of like, I'm kind of interested in a lot of stuff and I don't really know. And it feels scary to sort of go all in on anything. And so then you kind of just wind up with this half-assed like situation, right? And this just sort of collection of, of little baby careers that you have. And that's how I feel about my own career in many ways, right? Is I'm just like, shit, I'm like, which one of these do I actually want? Like, yeah. and how do I go forward in that direction as opposed to, I think, what drives a lot of us, right? Which is fear and safety. Like that's, that's yeah. what drives everybody. And we're so taught on our like, you know, 90s kid, good, bad advice. I should write that book. That book would do well. <laughs> uh, but like 90s kid, bad advice, which is keep your options open, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now I'm 33. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't want this many options. Like, right. you I know, and there are certain down. people who triple down on something and go in that direction. And you're like, oh, I wish I was brave enough to even try to discover which one of these I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you feel like part of this sabbatical is you trying to like get rid of those options and refocus on like what is that thing? Yes. Hard yes. So I shut down the company that I've mentioned. Can't shut down a book. The book exists. The book is out there in the world. <laughs> I, I love being able to have this conversation and it will always be such an important part of my identity. And I'm, I'm really proud that I, I built what I built with Entry Old Boss. I was working at TikTok corporate. My last day was a week ago. So <gasps> off, wow. the payroll, off the payroll at TikTok corporate now. Yeah. But, you know, I, I joke on my TikTok. I was like, I had to like quit multiple jobs and sort of take off all these coats and layers in order to be able to take a hard pause. And I... I have to follow my own advice in the book, which is in order to go fast, go slow, right? We, yeah. We've all heard this before, but I could go get a job at a different big tech company, or I could write another book proposal, or I could try to go get signed as an influencer, or I could go and like, and none of those options sound good or bad to me right now. And that's how I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, I feel nothing. And so I said, okay, like I'm going to give myself the, the biggest gift that, that you can give yourself in this situation, which is let me pause, go 
I don't know, sit in the jungle and do yoga and think about what I've done and (laughs) try to just like get a clear head in order to make a decision that, that excites me because right now, you know, it's such a beautifully privileged place to be in to know that I have options. But I know that if I I took on any one of them, I'd just be bitching about it six months from now. And I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So I'm no, I think it's so brave of you to do this because it's it sounds like, oh, how nice would be to just go to Costa Rica. But it's actually really I'm sure you're internal work scared, I would assume. Um, Also, like, you know, to be like, okay, I'm not going to do what I've been doing. And and this is a big leap of faith. So I think it's super brave and super inspirational. I also went to Costa Rica, but I was more of a post breakup I want to find myself and be alone kind of moment. that's good that's good um, so you're gonna love it I I, I only went for 10 days or something but it was so beautiful so you're gonna have the best time but you're actually I'm, I'm you're, really excited you're still kind of doing a little something though because you have this new Substack letter right called selfish yes. and thoughtful what sort of like advice or stories can readers expect from expect that? yeah so someone asked me when I announced that I was starting this new newsletter, somebody asked me, I said, why write it? They're like, you, you love making your TikToks. I'm on Instagram stories, like as if it's my like buddy system. I have like a very intense connection to my, my Instagram. And they said, why writing? And I kind of thought about it and I thought writing is the most helpful way for me to learn from myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that video is maybe in many ways the most helpful ways that other people learn from me. And also I'm addicted to instant gratification. Uh, so, so sitting and writing a book was difficult, like to do that kind of long form processing. But writing has always been how I can best sit down and process my own thoughts. And I like doing that sort of, you know, in community or, or in front of others or, or publicly. I, I find that I really get something from that because... It feels like it can feel really lonely when you're trying to make big life changes, like really, really lonely. Mm -hmm. And so it feels a little bit less scary to me to do it in front of other people, which is sort of counterintuitive. But I find that it helps me to not even stay accountable, but just to say, okay, like I'm going through this and at least somebody knows about it this week. Yes. And and so that's that's what I'm I'm doing in this new Substack is just kind of processing my sabbatical in real time and trying to vibe it out and take it week by week. So I'm I'm putting out new newsletters about once a week. I think I might also make like a like Wednesday like life sabbatical TikTok update. TBD. I don't know. Apparently, we're going to get good Wi-Fi in the jungle. So, <laughs> hey. No, I'm so excited to read your Substack. Yeah. I think that's such a great way to go about it to to write. And I understand that like video can feel performative, too. And so, yeah. you know, you get to really sit down and think and process and, and it, it's really more for you. And then we all just get to be- to benefit from yes, it. Like journaling. Exactly. It's like yeah, journaling. You're like, journal. Oh. Um, so yeah. I'm so excited for this new chapter in your life. I'm so excited to see where it takes you and, and good for you for taking this leap of faith. I hope it inspires our listeners and we'll link everything that you're doing yes. in our show notes so that they can find you. I'm sure they're going to want to after this conversation. <laughs> um, and best of luck. I'll send you some recs too. Oh, yes, please. Yes, yes please. I, I would love that. I'm, I'm very excited. I keep joking with my Instagram that I'm going to get accidentally knocked up in Costa Rica. And some girl DM'd me back and she was like, my husband's ex actually got pregnant in Costa Rica. I think about her. Every 
So, so I was like, whatever. Like, we're up for every adventure. Yeah. Who knows? Hey, we'll I, see. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll be following along. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate both of you. And yeah, good luck. Thank you. I love her. Love her so much. She's got great energy. Yes. And I just feel like she's chill, but informative. Very informative. You know what I mean? And very inspiring. Mm -hmm. And I feel like also she's really vulnerable about like where she's at and what she's doing. And like, I always trust people who are like, yeah, I'm not sure. Yes. Because you know know that like they're not lying. Yeah. You know? So I'm excited to see where the the future takes her. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys learn more about how to find a job, how to make a big career change, and how you can be more fulfilled in your work. And we'll link everything that she's doing in our show notes so you guys Mm -hmm. can keep up with Alexa. Should we talk about this little bevy we've been having? Soul juice. Soul juice. Yes. Okay. So it's this Korean pear juice beverage. Juice beverage. Juice beverage. Because it's only... And we can't forget the Amazon customer review. Tastes like a less sugary apple juice. Yes, which I don't know if I, I kind, I sort of get it. It almost to me tastes like a less sugary apple juice and a coconut water. Mm-hmm. Smells like coconut water. Well, let's announce our hottie of the week and then we can rate. Oh, this to seems her. like a very something that she would yes, drink. Yes, yes. Our hottie of the week is Miss Gwyneth Paltrow. Goop herself. And we chose her because she made a big career shift and she was an actress and then she went ahead and made a company and she was like, this is for me. Never mind. I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Now she's Goop. Now she's Miss Goop. And I feel like Goop would drink this. Oh, what's a goopy drink for It's a very goopy drink. Um, Okay, so one to Gwyneth. What do we think about the soul juice? I'll give it like a four. Mm. It's refresh. It's just like it's very mild, I will yeah. say, but I, 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 the fact that it's low sugar, not really low sugar, I was going to say. Um, That's pretty low. Really? This whole bottle, yeah. Okay, so it's 14 grams of sugar. For a low sugar drink that doesn't have that, I hate that weird fake sugar taste. Well, there's no fake sugar in it. It's literally pear juice, lemon juice, and water. Okay. I would actually give it like a seven. All right. Yeah. I, my, my reason for a... F- did I, I would actually buy this again. Oh, see, I don't think I would. Only because you don't it's like just not it. enough. <laughs> no, no, no. There's I no like flavor. It. It's just like, yeah. Like, I would want something. If I'm going to buy a drink, I want it to pack a punch. You want it to taste like a drink. Yeah. Okay. This is just like a slightly flavored water. So five and a half? I don't know, but I will say yes. Five and a half <laughs> out of Miss Goop. Goop. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, we are playing, as promised, Unpopular Opinion. I'm curious about yours, Nat. Okay, so mine, you know, here we are. We're about to hit Thanksgiving and the holidays. Oh, no. Damn it. We have the same one. Continue. Do we? Mine is, I always feel like I have to preface these two because... When we do underrated, overrated, mm-hmm. I'm ne- it's never that I don't like the thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's just like in relation to. So like I love Mariah Carey. I do. Mm-hmm. I love Mariah Carey. I don't think that 
All I Want for Christmas is You is like the best Christmas song of all time. Okay. Which I, if our friend Connor's listening, he will actually probably he would, come yeah. attack me. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Do you have people... a favorite that you think this is superior? I think just like the classics. Okay. You know, like yeah. the classic Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. I just feel like people lose their fucking minds. Yeah. Over All I Want for Christmas. It's in every store. It's everywhere. It's so, I feel like it's blown out of proportion. Okay. This is not to say I don't like it. Right. I do like it. I just feel like. The degree in which it's regarded is not appropriate. Right. Okay. I feel like just hit me with like a real classic, cozy Christmas carol. Oh, a carol. Well, what are they? What are they? Christmas songs? Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between a carol and a song? Uh, a carol is, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We oh. wish you a Merry Christmas. I'm like, there's no way. You think that's no, better than no, all no, 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 for no. Christmas? No. no. A, a song like Santa Baby or something? Yeah, like those. Yeah, that's not a carol, huh? Or Walking in a Winter one. Yes, those are the classic ones in, yeah. my, in my mind. Okay, that is an unpopular opinion for yeah, sure. I Very popular. So. But hey, I still love Mariah. I'm not, I'm not trying to dunk no, on no. Mariah. No, no, I don't yeah. think this is Mariah Slander. No. Okay, so my, well, I had one and then you, I thought you were going one way and actually you didn't. So now I'm just going to say what I thought you were going to say. Oh, okay. Which is, I don't really like Thanksgiving like that. Oh, no, no, no. I do not care for Thanksgiving. I could skip things. I mean, here's the thing. I love the values of it. Family and food and friendship and celebrating. Like, Oh, I don't and, even care about that. Oh. <laughs> But, like, I don't know. It's so underwhelming. And, like, the food is... Turkey is dry as hell. Turkey's, like, not my favorite. I like, I like the mashed potatoes, I guess. My mom's cream corn's pretty good. But, like, I'd rather have pizza. If I'm doing Thanksgiving, like, you know, the stuffing or, like, the sweet potatoes, like, the with the marshmallows. I like the desserts. The desserts. But it's just, like, it doesn't really hit no especially it's like a huge ordeal for it feels like a pain in my ass yes maybe it's because we're women and like the pressure of having to cook is more so on us and all the dudes are just watching football there's yeah i will say thank god joe does not watch football i don't know just thanksgiving's i no kenny and i a couple years ago we just like went and saw two movies back to back I would love that. Yeah. I would just we love to like, let's just do this. Just blow through that day. It's not, you know, it's just such a big to do. It's a big to do. It's kind of like the Mariah thing where it's like, it's so blown out of, like, it's fine, but it's just so blown out of And like, right now I'm in a weird position where I'm like, do I put up my Christmas decorations? No, I have to wait for Thanksgiving. I have to like. Oh, right. You know what I mean? It's yes. like, I have, I had Halloween decorations up. It's like, I don't, I'm not going to decorate for Thanksgiving, but turkeys everywhere. Here's the other thing about Thanksgiving. If, and this is, I feel like most people at this point, if you have a, your family is not just your mom and your dad, and and like, it's all over the place. What do you mean? Like, you're invited to like five different Thanksgivings because it's like, your dad's having one, your mom's having one, your sister-in-law's having one, your, it's like, your stepsister's having, there's a million Thanksgivings, and then you have to choose, and somebody's mad, it's like, oh my God, just let me go watch a movie. Yeah. I was just say Thanksgiving's a little a little too much. And, I it, agree. and it's not giving what it should give. Which is get thanks. Giving thanks. 
All right, you guys. Well, like we said at the top of the episode, you can always write in to amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com, write in for episode requests, or just to ask for our advice on something. Yes, we want to get one of the full advice episodes yeah, by gonna, the end of the year. Yeah, so email us something that's going on in your life, and we will answer it on the podcast. And we will be back next week with another episode. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.